teach, can you stand the rain? Can you stand the rain? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, can you stand the rain? Can You Stand the Rain is a, uh, is a ballad uh, by the R&B group, New Edition. And um, I'm done. You good. Thank you. Appreciate you. Amen. It was a song released on December 13th, 1988. Wow. 1988 by MCA Records and was the third single from their fifth studio album, Heartbreak. It was written and produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And the song is about a relationship that is presently going well, but the man is asking the woman if he can count on her to remain by his side in case things should become stormy. Because no matter how great a relationship may seem, storms are coming. Life storms financial storms, sickness storms, relational storms are all a part of the life that will inevitably happen. And if the relationship is not strong internally, it will not stand the storm externally because the strength of the relationship will be tested by the intensity of a storm. I told you on last week, when you are building your life, you have to build them on relationships that are tight. You try to build a future on loose covenants or loose relationships. When the winds start blowing and the waves start crashing and the storm comes and the rain comes down, it will wipe away your relationship. And I don't care how much sex you have. I don't care how many roses you buy. I don't care how many trips you take. When a storm comes, can you keep your unity? Because storms reveal structure. Everybody say that. Storms reveal structure. It will reveal weaknesses and strengths in the structure. Your relationship is not worth anything until you've gone through something. Because every covenant has to be tested in order to prove the validity of that relationship. Don't tell me how much you in love. Tell me how many storms you survived. Because anytime anybody that's been through a lot can tell you we've been through some ups, but we've also gone through some downs. And the reason why we made it all this time is because we had something that was greater than the storm that was coming against us. Because the tests of storms show the strength of love. Can I even submit to you that the test of your relationship with Jesus Christ is proven in your storms? Because can you go through the storm and still come out on the other side with a praise? Can you go through the fire? Can you go through the rain? Can you go through the wind? And it, even if you bend, you do not break. In fact, I still got a praise in the midst of everything that I've gone through because I discovered that the love of God is tested and tried and pure, and when I come forth, I'll come forth as pure gold. Now, I need to take a pause for the cause and find out is there anybody in here that say, my relationship with God ain't based on what he blessed me with. My relationship with God is based on how much I love him and how much he loves me. 
And every good relationship, ladies and gentlemen, begins with friendship. Let me say that one more time. Every good relationship begins with friendship. Let me say that one more time. Every good relationship begins with friendship. Marriage should begin with friendship. Because a friend is defined as a person who you like and who you enjoy being with. A friend is described as a person who you like and who you enjoy being with because you shouldn't marry anybody you don't like being with. Okay, here we go. Nowadays, we get in relationships, give our hearts away, and sacrifice to people we don't even like. Mm, because 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 we become infatuated, we become lustful and so needy to the place that we allow people in our lives that we don't even enjoy being with. Oh God. This is why building a solid friendship could not be overstated. Before you get the dress and before you order the flowers, you better make sure they are a friend of yours. See, I knew I wasn't going to get many amens right there, and I got you. Don't worry. I'm going to come down your lane. Before giving them your sacrifice and your commitment, you better make sure they're truly a friend. Before laying your life down and giving them all your time, you better make sure they're a friend of yours. Because if we be honest, there are some of us that thought we had a friend until you woke up one day and discovered that you have been sleeping with an enemy. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor. If you get too quiet, we think he talking about you. Before we get too deep, we need to first be at the friendship spot. Before we go down any aisle, I got to make sure you, I like you. I got to make sure I can spend time with you. I got to make sure you make me laugh. I got to make sure that you're responsible. I got to make sure, I got to check you out to discover who you are. Because there's some people that you dated, when you look back at them, you realize, I didn't even like them. Because when you have a true friend, you share the joys and the sorrows of life. When you have a true friend, you share the joys and the sorrows of life. Job 16, verse number 20 and 21, it's on the screen. The Bible says, my intercessor is my friend as my eyes pour out tears to God. On behalf of a man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. Friend is not just there in good times. But a true friend is a person who knows you intimately, that they can plead on your behalf. Everybody can't plead your case when they don't know you. Everybody can't speak up for you when they don't know you. And some of us are getting frustrated with people because you can't understand why they don't have your back. The reason they don't have your back is because they don't know you. The Bible says that they know you so well that they can carry your cause and your issue before God. They can stand as an intercessor and get between you and the problem. They can get between the problem and the problem solver. They can stand in the gap as an intercessor between your trouble and the God who can deal with every trouble in your life, which means that a friendship is not one-sided. I don't know about you, but can I just can I just do this real quick? I need to find out is there anybody in here that could just lift your hands and say, Lord, deliver me from one-sided relationships. Okay, I ain't got nobody right there. I need to be delivered from people who just want to take, 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 but never want to give nothing in return. Can I just go ahead and say this? I need relationships that got reciprocity. I need relationships that when I sow into them, they're sowing into me at the same time. 
But when the storm comes, you have to have someone that they can put their issues on the back burner and be there for you. I, I want to submit to you that the only way that you're going to have a solid relationship is you've got to first be a friend. But I want to show you that there are three phases. Come on, let's go. Three phases of friendship. Three phases of friendship. That, that, that there are the phases you have to go through in order to build a true and honest friendship. There are three phases of friendship. Are y'all interested this morning? The first phase, come on, let's go, is the introduction. The introduction. The introduction. It's when you first meet someone and you are being introduced to who they are. Here's the reality. Hope you're ready for this. You're never introduced to the real person. You, you take a stuff for face value, never realizing they might be two-faced. You just happen to meet that face that day. No matter how good they look, they don't always look that good. No matter how good they talk game is today, they don't always talk that good. No matter how good her hair looked today, she didn't wake up like that. They don't always look that way. That's why, watch this, I'm going to lose all my amens right here. That's why you have to give friendship one thing to develop. One thing to develop a friendship. Here it is, one thing. You ready? Time. Time. I just met you. Get out my DM. Okay, are we going to have grown folk talk or y'all going to sit up here and play this game? Because some of y'all being real, real bougie and real fake this morning. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, yeah. will the real you, the real please, you. Come out? please come out? Yeah. I just met you. Get out my DM. You just got my number. Can you at least give it a day before you call me? And here, I know, I know, I'm going to lose you. Here we go. Here we go. Real talk. Here we go. Hope you're ready for the rest of the message. Here we go. Buckle up or don't. Because I'm coming through here anyway. A date does not mean we're exclusive. I just took you for some pizza. We go on one date, now you stalking my social media. Well, who that hoe is? Come here. I wish you would sit up here and play like I ain't talking to you today. You Facebook stalker, you, looking all in the background, trying to figure out where somebody at. Just because we went on one date don't mean we exclusive. Touch your neighbor, say, get your mind right. Come here, come here, come here. He just met you. Why he meeting your kids? Come here, come here, because you need to get delivered today. You ain't giving it no time. He know all your kids? Because who you are meeting today, who you are meeting today is not the real them. That is their representative. That's their representation. That's who they want you to believe they are. 
Y'all came in church today. They, they sat up there. They make all this noise. They hug you. They scream. They holler. They shout. Because that's who they want you to believe. That's who they are. But go outside and, and let a scratch be on their car. And let's see how much praise they got then. Because I just met your representative. I don't know who you really are. It's getting quiet. That's why, write this down, friendship requires, at the introduction stage, here we go, that's why friendship requires consecrated conversations. Consecrated conversations. Even if you're trying to be a friend to somebody, at this level, consecrated conversations. We should not be talking about sex this early. See, I know I miss, I, I know your amens are dropping. I came in with every amen I need already. I promise you I did. Introduction stage, I should not know your favorite position. I got you. Holy Ghost is falling right now, and conviction is settling in here, and it's making you uneasy. So before the enemy tricks you into thinking that I'm too bold, you need to receive the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Ghost work on you, because you got yourself in some situations at the introduction period, and they know everything about you. Mm -hmm. Let me give you Bible, because you think I've I'm I'm got my opinion. Let me give you Bible. The Bible, says, the Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it flows the issues of life. The Bible says, how can you heap coal in your lap and not get, get burned? How are you that close on the edge and you think ain't nothing going to happen? You have to watch this, watch this. You have to be mature enough to control the pace of the relationship. You have to be mature enough. I just fell in love. The devil is a liar. You have to be mature enough to control the pace of the relationship. He asked you out on a date. Let me take you out for dinner. Mm -mm. You can take me out for lunch. Dinner is too intimate. I don't know you like that. Lunch, I can sit there after 30 minutes and say, all right, I got to go. You have to control the pace of the relationship. And if you are not mature enough, and if you are not careful, you will allow, here we go, your heart to speed up because you have not had a relationship in a long time. You allowing your heart to speed it up because you need affirmation. You allowing your heart to speed it up because you need acceptance bad. Mm -hmm. But you have to look at your heart and tell your heart, slow down. Shouldn't be talking about sex after you just met them a week. Slow down. Everybody say that, slow down. Slow down. Yeah, I know it hurt you to say that. Slow down. You know why you slow down? Hope you're ready for this. Because, you know, that's why the children ain't in here. So if they in here, you're you know, not this month. You know why you need to slow down? Because slowing down in the introduction of a relationship will show you if they truly, watch this, if they truly want to be with you or they just want to have sex. Mm-hmm. See, when you slow it down long enough, you, 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 could, you could spot, you could discern. Here we go. You can't discern because you're going too fast. But if you slow down long enough, you can discern that they nasty. 
that they perverted. That they get, that they, watch this, that they got a spirit of lust on them. Oh, it's about to get tight right through here. Let me put this down just for a minute and let me real talk to you now. See, if you slow down long enough, you will discover they got a spirit of lust on them. And why is it so relevant that you need to discover they got a spirit of lust on them? Because lust is a, an insatiable appetite that is never satisfied. Lust will ha Can I talk real grown just for a minute? I need to talk real grown. Lust will have you have sex with somebody, then go in the bathroom and masturbate. Because it's never enough. But if you don't slow down, you will never be able to spot it. You'll never see it. Because your heart is going faster than how the relationship develops. After one conversation on the phone, you already got the house and the white picket fence. Boo, stop. Stop it. Stop it. He can't even afford the fence. <laughs> See, Leola, they don't see the importance of that. Because what just happened is, when you see the white picket fence, now you have built up an expectation that does not get met. Then you get in the relationship and get angry, but they never showed you that in the first place. It was your heart that made you see stuff that wasn't there. So you sped up beyond what their finances was really saying. It's tight up in here. Everybody say consecrated conversations. The first phase of friendship is introduction. Here's the second phase. The second phase of is involvement. Involvement. Mm-hmm. Involvement. After, I, after you give it time, now you can move to the next phase of friendship, which is involvement. It's where you open up your life to involve that person on a regular. In other words, you don't become a regular in the introduction. If I talk to you today, okay. If I don't, it's okay. But now we have graduated to the place of involvement. Here we go. Communication in the involvement stage, watch this, centers on deeper conversations and getting to know one another better. Friendship on this level now becomes intentional. Our interaction becomes intentional and it has purpose behind it. I'm not just dating you to date you for the next 10 years. Are you crazy? What, where's this involvement going? Because if it doesn't have purpose behind it, then I don't need to be in it. Okay. Here we go. Here's a principle. Write this down. Principle of friendship. Write this down. Hope you're ready for this. Here's a principle of, of friendship. Friendship is the filter of foolishness. Friendship is the filter of foolishness. You know what I feel in the spirit? I feel that somebody in here is trying to run game and I'm and I'm and you are so just bothered right now because I am giving away everything, all the tactics that you use that the devil will no longer be able to have freeway in your life anymore. Friendship is now the filter of foolishness. You use friendship to filter out foolishness. Here we go. You should be a person's friend long enough to see the fool in them. Mm -hmm. Don't commit to somebody if you've never seen them be a fool. Never commit to somebody if you've never seen them go off. If you've never seen them angry, wait a while. 
Mm -hmm. I've never seen them upset. They're such a nice person. Wait. Wait it out. Because underneath all those smiles is a suppression and a facade and layers to make you think that they ain't who they really are. And you have to be friends long enough to see that if you can handle, here we go, the fool in them. Mm -hmm. I know y'all don't like that word, but I dealt with fool on last week. You see the Bible calls us fools all the time. Look at your neighbor on the left and on the right. That's a fool you sit next to. Mm-hmm. It's ten, it's ten seats on every row. There's, a, there's ten fools on every row. Mm-hmm. Friendship allows you and gives you the space to discover if I can deal with the kind of fool you are. Um, friendship is the filter for foolishness. And before we go to the next level, we have to master friendship. Involvement, watch this, is the stage. Some of you need to write this down. Involvement is the stage of barriers, boundaries, and borders. <laughs> Involvement is the stage of barriers, boundaries, and borders. How is it that we got married and they didn't know that was a line for you? How do we get this far that you didn't know that this was a line for you? Watch this. Because involvement at this level of friendship is a stage of barriers, boundaries, and borders. It's where you establish, here we go, cuss word in the church, standards. Standards. It's where I don't allow for anything to go. Standards. Okay. If you don't have standards, watch this, you will start to allow things to happen that you know you don't like, and now you have to play like you do when you really don't. You know you go to bed early. So why are you answering the phone after a certain hour? Because the truth of the matter is, I hope you're ready for this, truth of the matter is, I don't need you to call me after a certain hour because I know how my flesh is set up. I ain't got no real, I ain't got no real people. Y'all don't want to be delivered for real. Y'all do not want to be delivered for real. I need to talk to some real people that say, don't call me after a certain hour because I know how my flesh is set up and I end up somewhere I ain't supposed to be with my saved self, with my Hikamashaya self. I will end up somewhere, Diane, that I ain't supposed to be. So don't call me after, don't, don't, don't send what you do. uh-uh. But if I don't set up those boundaries, if I don't set up those borders, I will get involved deeper than where the phase of the relationship is at. Mm-hmm. Friendship is so important, watch this, because it's in involvement where you discover if they can't submit as a friend, you think she's going to be able to submit as a wife? If they can't respect your boundaries as a friend, how will they ever respect your boundaries on the next level? If they act crazy as a friend, they're going to act a monkey as a wife. 
I talking to anybody in here? Can I just, are we just going to play this game or can we just be honest just for a minute? And some of you, you see the signs, but you are ignoring it because you need to be affirmed so bad that you look over it. But the devil is a liar. I need somebody here to lift up your hands and say, Lord, open my eyes to see whatever I need to see. If she is trifling with that friend, she going to be trifling with me. Stop ignoring the signs that are right in front of your face. Don't be so needy that you completely ignore what's really going on. Watch this. So you measure their character in friendship. I don't have to wait to marry you to find out your character. I measure your character in friendship. If they don't pray as a friend, how will they cover you when all hell breaks loose in your life? So as some of you, I'll never forget, um, we went to, uh, we were coming from out of town. We went to uh, Pastor Winchell's grandmother's house. And she don't speak any English, she speak Creole. And um, we walked in the house and we, they opened the door. And we walked in and um, you know, his grandmama old school. So she got that plastic on the furniture, <laughs> still. So you don't sit down on, and, and up under that is pristine. Okay. And um, so we walked in the house and before Anybody could sit down, because you know, I'm old school. You just don't flop your behind on somebody's stuff unless they invite you to. You know, some of y'all, y'all put your feet all up on people's stuff, but, but there's some of you, stay with me, but some of you, 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 I, I wait for her to say, you know, have a seat. So we all standing there, and she looks to her left, and she looks to her right, looking at us, and we looking at her, and that uncomfortable silence, and then she go like this. And I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> Pastor Winchell said, oh, before we do anything, she says we got to pray. That her hands are extended because we got to pray. Because she needs to see who she letting up in her house. Before you sit down on my couch, are you a demon? Or do you belong to God? And some of you are so foolish that you get in these relationships with people and you never ask them to pray. No, 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 no. Don't pray for me. Let's pray out loud right now. Let me hear you pray. Let me hear you pray. Let me hear you pray. Let me hear, because if you fumbling over your words, that means you don't have no relationship with him. If you fumbling over your words, that means you don't talk to him. That don't mean you got to sound like the pastor, but at least sound like you talked to him this morning. Because if you're going to deal with me, you better have a relationship with him. Okay, y'all don't like that. Y'all don't like that. You don't pray as a friend. How they going, how they, if you don't have a prayer life, how they going to go from friend to your boo? How are you going to give them more commitment and you don't see more involvement or sacrifice on their behalf? You're giving more than what they're showing you. Mm-hmm. Then you come to church and we got to pray you about this depression. And then we got to lay hands on you and ask the Lord to deliver you. And then we got to say, Lord, help her, help her, help her. Lord, help him, help him, help him. Their, their heart is broken. God, get them back together. And then God puts you back together and you go back to the same stuff all over again. Mm-hmm. Friendship filters foolishness. Slow down long enough to see the fool in them. Because sometimes they'll show you who they really are. And you be like, I can't deal with that fool. <laughs> it's not for me. That's not for me. Mm -mm. Introduction, involvement. Here's the third level of friendship. Come on, let's go. Intimacy. 
intimacy. The sad reality is that there's too many of us that are getting intimate on the introduction. And let me, let's, let's be clear. Let's be very clear. Sex will blind you to what's really going on. You got to pump the brakes on the sex so that you can see who they really are. Because mm -hmm. their tooth was crooked before you slept with them. But you didn't see none of that because you jumped in the bed too quick and it blinded you. And then you got the nerve after you break up and they done broke your heart. Child, his teeth was messed up anyway. Honey, you were sleeping with that. Touch your neighbor, say, cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. Don't play this game. Cut it out. Be real and say, it blinded me. I didn't see what was right in front of my face. Okay? Intimacy. John 15 and 15. John 15 and 15. Look what the Bible says. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Watch this. All friendship begins with service. Notice what he says here. I no longer call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. Jesus saying, on the first level, serve. That's what friendship is based upon. Watch this. If they won't help you, if they won't minister to you, you shouldn't be intimate with them. Why is it that you are on that level with somebody that does nothing for you? What do they bring to the table? We are too intimate and not getting anything in return for it. And let's be clear, intimacy is not just sex. There are some levels of conversation that I will never have with you because we are not that intimate and on that level. Can I trust you enough that I could be naked and not ashamed? And I'm not talking about physically. Can I unveil who I really am and you don't use it against me? Because that's the issue. We are too intimate on a level and getting nothing in return. Because intimacy is an unveiling that are only for those, watch this, that can handle the responsibility of intimacy. Intimacy comes with responsibility. Intimacy comes with responsibility. Intimacy comes with responsibility. Intimacy comes with responsibility. I'm going to say it until you get it. Intimacy comes with responsibility. If you are not responsible, I will not be intimate with you. You going to tell your business to somebody and tell everybody else's business? How are you that intimate? And they haven't shown that they're responsible. You don't believe me. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Because nowadays, we base friendship on, guess what? We, we, we friends because we smoke together. We friends because we drink together. We like the same drink. <laughs> this is what we base friendship on. She make me laugh. That's what we base friendship on. You ready for this? This is real deep. Hope you can handle this. Friendship is, will never, a friend will never be an enabler. Friend will never be an enabler. 
Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Here's the issue. Watch this. Because we're so dysfunctional, and that's all we live our life out of, is dysfunction. When you meet somebody that challenges you to be on the next level, you consider them an enemy. When in actuality, they were your friend. Isn't it amazing that Jesus called Judas a friend, but called Peter an enemy? He called Peter Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan but looked at Judas and called him a friend. That always messed me up. You know why? Because Judas was part of the plan to get Jesus to his next level. And there's some people that you are considering an enemy, they aren't your enemy, they actually your friend. Because they challenge you to be better every single day of your life. And they refuse you to live beneath who you really are. They get on my nerves, always ask me to come to church. Get your mind right. That's your friend, not your enemy. And here your foolish self will pick up the phone when somebody call you to drink, but will send them the voicemail when they call you to go to church. You need to figure out what is a friend and what is an enemy. Because you drinking with the enemy. You smoking with the enemy. You sleeping with the enemy. And you reject anything that is healthy because all you know is dysfunction. It's getting tight. A friend is a person I can be naked and not ashamed. Here we go. Isaiah 9, verse number 6. I saw this a couple, uh, couple uh, last month while we were going through the series, while the ministers were going through the series, and something stood out to me. This is a, a scripture that we read all the time when it comes to Christmas, but I need you to see something. Isaiah 9, verse number 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. That word government right there can be translated, you ready for this? As responsibility. So let's, let's read that one more time. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the responsibility will be on his shoulders. Let me give you the imagery so that you understand what the Bible is saying. In the days of old, the priests would carry the Ark of the Covenant, a box that represented the presence of God on their shoulders. They would carry the presence of God on their shoulders. Watch this. Signifying that this was not a luxury for the priest, but it was a responsibility. That for you to carry the presence of God was not a luxury when you felt like it, when you wanted to, but it was a responsibility. That when I didn't feel good, I still had to carry the presence of God with me. When my life is not going good, I still have to bear the weight of the presence of God on my shoulders. Am I teaching now? Yeah. Now watch this. The priest had to be able, watch this, to operate, here we go, under the pressure of responsibility. So my question becomes, watch this, what do you measure under friendship? You are measuring, watch this, this is a key that I need you to get about friendship. You are measuring their stability under responsibility. How stable are they under responsibility? When responsibility comes, do you fall to pieces? Because if you fall to pieces and we ain't married, when responsibility comes, you will break into a million pieces because you can't be stable under responsibility. This is the stuff we never look at in a friendship. 
can they manage the weight of a responsibility? Because if they buckle at you call at, watch this, if they buckle at calling you on time, if they fail picking you up on time, Mm-hmm. You get into marriage, and, and five years later, I don't know why they always late. Honey, they was late back then. This ain't nothing new. Why you ain't the surprise? They were buckling under the weight of responsibility before you even got that deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to look at how they handle responsibility now. Mm-hmm. You gotta wait long enough to see how they manage their finances. Cause here you, I got your bills and your finances and your credit straight, and you marry somebody ain't got nothing. They ain't. Mm -hmm. They credit jacked up. They don't know how to manage money. And then you can't figure out why when you got married, now you always broke. Cause you married the curse. Does anybody in here really want to hear the truth? I'm trying to. I'm trying to help somebody. You, you're sitting up here acting like you don't know. No, you married dads. They were irresponsible paying their bills. Well, you got to sit around long enough. You got to wait. You got to give it time. Sit around the house. Sit around the house. Mm-mm. Stay with me. Stay with me. You got to sit around the house. You got to look at that dinner table. You got to see if them bills got a red line around it. Because they bought you hair and you think they got money. They spend a lot of money on their car, but they got nothing in their savings. So a rainy day comes, come here, lady, and a rainy day comes, and now they're hitting you up for money, and you think you a strong woman because you done handle something for your man, never realizing you are marrying a boy. And it's hard to have a sex, to have sex with a child. Am I talking to anybody? Is this too real for y'all? I, I thought this was the Freedom Church. I can't do this nowhere else. Because you didn't wait long enough. You got to sit around the house. You got to go in the bathroom. Look in the medicine cabinet. What you take that pill for? Because, see, let's be clear, if it's a mental illness thing, as long as you're taking your medication, I'm good. But if you are not responsible enough to take care of yourself, how can I expect you to take care of me? Next principle, write this down. Friendship filters out intimacy. Friendship filters out in intimacy. Now, I'm going to flip this on his head, but I need you to stay with me. Friendship filters out intimacy. What do you mean by that, Pastor? 
it filters out the perversion of intimacy. So when we're friends, uh, if you are not really intimate for the right reason and you pervert the intimacy, friendship gives me the space in order to figure that out. You have to stay in the friendship zone until the person's motives have been made known and their intentions have been purified. It is during the friendship that you get to measure their consistency. It's during the friendship that you get to measure their commitment. It's during the friendship that you get to measure their conversation. It begins with friendship. Watch this. If they can't survive friendship, then they should not be allowed access in places that are reserved for the trusted. Sad reality. If they're not a good friend, they will not be a good girlfriend. If they're not a good friend, they will not be a good husband. Sorry. Wish I could tell you a different way. If, if they if they a bad boo, mm-hmm. They, they ain't gonna be a good friend. It's just not gonna happen. Here's, here's what you gotta do. Write this down. I, I put this as a principle, but I wasn't going to add it, but I want you to write this down. Only hang around people that you aspire to be like in character. Mm -hmm. You ever notice birds of a feather? All liars, you know, they hang out with each other. All gossipers hang out with each other. Um, you, you need to hang around people that you aspire to be like in character. This will save you so much time and so much heartache. Don't even become, become friends with somebody you cannot become like in character. They might make you laugh, but you're going to pay a price for it after a while. This, this challenges your ego and your insecurities, because if you got to be the smartest person in the room, that shows how insecure you really are. The truth of the matter is, sometimes the people you hang around, you hang around them because you see them as less than you. Because you the big fish in a small tank. But why don't we move you, the fish, into the ocean? And can you be secure enough to be who you are in an ocean where you got whales that swimming past you? Or do you become so insecure? It ain't that you hate all women. No, you're insecure. All men aren't dolls. It's because you're insecure. You want to be around people that you feel more superior to. You got to get around people that are smarter than you. You got to get around people. Help me, Jesus. They got more money than you. Yes. If we going out and I'm always paying the bill, I need some new friends. Here's the other reason. I need some people that got more money than me because I need to see what they do. So I can learn from them. But when you are insecure, you will look at the person that got more money, how they do all that, and look how they spend it out their pocket, and just realize that there's some principles that they're operating at that you need to learn to better your own life. Okay. You need to be around people that are better than you so that they can put pressure on you to grow and mature. If I'm always patting you on the back, if I'm always telling you it's going to be all right, Sometimes I need to look at you and say, stop it, stop it. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Some of you that's married, you need somebody in your life. Just stop. Just stop. It's enough. Let's move on. What you mean? Listen, listen. Just stop. 
Everybody needs somebody to tell them, just stop. Come on, practice on your neighbor. Look at him. Just say, just stop. Just stop. Stop. Stop it. Just stop. Enough is enough. Proverbs 17 and 17. Look what the Bible says. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves you when times get hard. You need friends that will love you even when you're unlovable. You need a friend that when you start going crazy, they can look at you and say, all right, get it all out. Get it all out. Yeah, I know you're upset. I know you're crying. Get it all out. Uh-huh. Yeah, get it all out. It's going to be all right when it's over. Yeah, cry. It's going to be all right. Cuss if you need to. It's going to be all right. But a real friend will love you when times get hard. Here's the sad reality. I hope you're ready for this. Maisha, I have discovered this after nine, almost ten years of pastoring. You know what I discovered? Church people are the quickest to leave. My friends that ain't saved ain't went nowhere. But them church people, they'll flip out on you. Jesus said, watch this, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. It's not my opinion. It's the Bible. Jesus says, watch this. He was walking with the disciples one day, and he said, listen, I got an announcement. You're going to walk with me. This is what you got to do. Those who eat of my flesh and drink of my blood can have a part of me. And the Bible in the very next verse says, and many left him right then. The Bible says the disciples, there was more than just the 12, the disciples looked at him and said, "Mm mm-mm. You know what messed me up? Here's what messed me up. This is what I'm struggling with with that verse. They didn't even ask for understanding. They just left. They say, Jesus, what you mean by that now? They just left. Mm Mm-hmm. Because church people are the quickest to leave when something don't look the way it's supposed to look. They the quickest to leave when they say, I ain't signing for all this. I'm quitting the ministry. Uh Uh-oh. This don't look like what I thought it was supposed to be. So I'm out of here. Maybe your picture was wrong all along. Okay, let me keep going. Can you stand the rain? Mm -hmm. Because the rain is coming. There's no getting around it. It's just, it's just that we got to get through it. So here's what I, I need to conclude on. Last week, we talked about character. But if the rain is going to come, this is what you need to focus on. Today, we need to focus on communication. Because if the rain is coming, you need communication. Because if you're going to stay in the rain and survive the storm, your communication has to be mature. Every relationship will have conflict. And you have to have an amazing book. I hope you get it. Hope you read it. An amazing book called Crucial Conversations to work through every conflict. You have to have crucial conversations in order to work through every conflict that arises in your life. You have to have crucial conversations. Everybody say that. Crucial conversations. In the book Crucial Conversations, the author defines it as this. Come on, let's go. It's a discussion between two or more people where the stakes are high, opinions vary, and emotions run strong. Crucial conversations are emotionally charged, and this is why most people avoid them. There will be conflict or pain, and then we try to avoid the conversation. 
We don't want to talk about it. When we don't talk, hurts happen but never get healed. When we don't talk, offenses occur but never get resolved. When we don't have crucial conversations, the only cure is chaos. We got we to talk about this, no matter how ugly it is. Do you know that when you talk, truth comes out? And when truth comes out, there's nothing that can set you free like truth. So, so how do we do this? How do we do this? Ephesians 4, verse number 15, just some things I want to lift up real quick. Ephesians 4, verse number 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Everybody say, speak the truth, speak the truth. in love. John 1, verse number 14 says, Jesus was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Jesus was full of unfailing love, uh, unfailing truth and love. Look at the duality of Jesus. He was full of truth and love. 100% truth, 100% love. When we have one or the other, it's a recipe for relational suicide. When you got 100% truth and no love, it's going to be a problem. When you got 100% love and no truth, it's going to be a problem. And here's the problem with the, what, what society teaches you. Society teaches you, oh, we got love. Just love. Just love. Problem is, you can love and not speak truth. And you end up loving a lie. Okay, here we go. When you 100% truth, you beat people up with the truth. When you 100% truth, People leave your presence bruised and battered by your verbal assaults. So you kept it 100. Oh, you didn't think I was talking about you. You kept it 100. And when you kept it 100, now people move out their way when they see you coming because all you do is beat people up with your words. Because you keep it 100. Hmm? But on the other side, 100% love without any truth is dangerous as well. You know why? Because you never confront sin. You never call out bad behavior. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a question? How can you have 100% love with somebody that's hurting you? It's real hard after a while. All truth and no love is damaging. All, truth and all love with no truth is dangerous. Here's, the, here's what you got to do. Be truthful about the problem, but as loving as you can be about the person. Be truthful about the problem, but as loving as you can be about the person. Let me say that again, because church people need to learn this. Be truthful about the problem, but as loving as you can be about the person. Jesus showed us truth and love with his interaction with, with a very famous woman, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Look what the Bible says in John 8, verse number 10 and 11. The Bible says in John 8, verse number 10 and 11, then Jesus stood up again, and he said to the woman, where are your accusers? Now, y'all remember how this story went? They went and got her, pulled her out the bed, and brought her to Jesus. Say, what you going to do about this? You know, she sinned. And, of course, they didn't bring the man. They just brought the woman. And so they, they presented her. And Jesus got down on the ground, started writing. And we don't know what he wrote, but all we know is that when, when, as he was writing, the men who started leaving from the oldest to the youngest, you know, they just started walking away. And watch this. And so Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Verse number 11, look what it says. No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Neither do I, that's love, go and sin no more. 
Do y'all get that? Neither do I. That's go and sin no more. That's true. You have to be balanced in how you have a conversation. Now, here's the issue. Here's the issue. Here's the issue. Um, the problem is, instead of truth and love, you know what we do? We got two choices. And I need you to see this. Here's the problem. Instead of, instead of truth and love, This is what we do. We either go silent or we get. When I don't speak truth and love, I'm left with two options. I can either go silent. What's wrong with you? Nothing. What's going on? Nothing. Watch this. Because we have mastered passive-aggressive behavior. Mm -hmm. Told y'all this a couple of weeks ago. This is the dangerous part about men, because most men are not necessarily violent. Most men live in this lane, silent. They could have checked out and never even told you. Because we either go silent or we go violent. <clears throat> I know it's something wrong. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. I just want to avoid it. So I'm going to go silent. Watch this. Or we go violent. We say hurtful things. We're rude. We're nasty. Can't get nobody to come to Freedom Church for your job because they know who you really are. Abrasive. Got a quick tongue. Well, my mama had a mouth like this, and I got a oh, honey. Because you either go silent or violent. Oh, thank you. Some of you have mastered how to live in between. Watch this. You stay silent long enough until you get so perturbed. That all of a sudden, you blow up on everybody and everything that's around you. Because you don't know how to speak truth and love. Watch this. Truth and love is too much work. I got a question for you. Being silent or violent, how is it working for you? How is that working for you? I mean, look at your relationships. Okay, look at your children. How this working for you? Silent or violent? Well, you need to live in between. Watch this. And the in third option, Proverbs 11, verse number 17. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 11, verse number 17. Your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. Mm -hmm. Your third option is to speak truth in love where you tell the truth about what is wrong, but you do it in a kind way. I know that's hard. I know it ain't easy. Because your emotions are ahead of your mind. And sometimes you got to call your mind in and say, come on in. 
Come on, emotions. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Because there's nothing worse in the world than saying something that you can't take back. It's nothing worse in the world than ignoring somebody that you end up losing. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you notice or not, but people ain't promised to come back home. It's getting quiet right through here. And now we struggle because we either silent or we violent. And we take people for granted. Some of you are like me. I wish I had one more chance with my grandmother. I wish I had one more conversation with my grandfather. But when you don't speak truth in love, you live in the zone of regret. I ain't here to depress you. I'm just trying to be honest with you. So, Pastor, make this practical. I, I, how, do I, how do I talk to them? Because I'm upset, I'm frustrated, I'm, I'm angry. So how do, what do I say to them? What, how do I have this conversation? Because I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm pissed. I'm upset. 38 hot. That's old school right there. I, I'm upset. And, and I'm about to set it off. I'm either boiling on the inside or I'm exploding on the outside. So what do I do? Here you go. There's three conversations you need to have, and I'm done. Three conversations you need to have. First conversation is this. You need to have a conversation. Come on, let's go. A conversation with God. Before you talk to them, you need to talk to God. Before you say a word to them, you need to talk. Before you send the email, before you send the text, in all capital letters, you need to talk to God because God is the only one that can give you the wisdom on how to deal with the person you're dealing with. You need to talk to God. So you got to bring that thing in prayer. You got to wrap it in prayer. You got to be, you got to slow down on wanting to respond and speed up on getting in the presence of God and praying and asking God, God, wrap this in prayer. Wrap how I'm feeling in prayer. Because if I start talking, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to be emotional and not logical. And so I need to wrap this thing in prayer. Before I go talk to my boss, let me go wrap it in prayer. Because if I go talk to her and I ain't wrapped this thing in prayer, I might end up with no job today. And I got these children to feed. You got to have a conversation with God. Before you talk to your spouse, talk to God. Before you deal with church people, talk to God. You got to have a conversation with God. You got to wrap it in prayer. It's the second thing, second thing, second thing. You got to have a conversation with yourself. This before you even talk to them. Have a conversation with yourself. What am I, what am I talking to myself about? Why, why do I need to talk to myself? Because after I prayed, I feel like I'm good. You know, after I prayed about it, I'm good. Right? That, no, that's not reality. Why do I need to talk to myself? Here's the reason why you need to talk to yourself. I always thought talking to yourself was crazy. Um, I thought it was always crazy until somebody told me, it ain't crazy to talk to yourself. It's crazy to answer yourself. <laughs> Philip, huh? That's crazy. Why do I need to have a conversation with myself? Some of y'all didn't get that. You'll get it later because you answer yourself all the time. What are you asking yourself? Here's the question you need to ask yourself 
in this conversation, this crucial conversation, you got this problem, you got rain coming down, what is it that you need to ask yourself? Some of you need to write this down. Is my motive to help or to hurt? Is my motive to help or to hurt? Do I just want to go off on them? Or do I really want reconciliation? Because sometimes all we do is argue to be right. And we never get reconciled. And you will be right all your life by yourself. Sometimes you have to make up in your mind, what's my motive? Is my motive to help this situation or is my motive to hurt this situation? Because depending on what's my motive will determine the direction of this conversation. Y'all getting quiet on me. Y'all don't like this part? You love when I was talking about your haters and your, your ex-boos and how they want nothing, but now I'm talking about you. Now you're getting quiet on me. You need to talk to yourself. Watch this. If your motives is to punish the other person and to make them suffer, your conversation is doomed from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because let's be real. Let's be real. Sometimes, Danielle, I just want you to hurt just as bad as you hurt me. I know you saved, but you don't want to admit that. You made me cry, I want you to cry. And I set the whole place on fire. I'll make everybody uncomfortable. Listen, I am the master at it. I'll make everybody uncomfortable in the room with my very presence because I need you to pay for what you did to me. See, that's why I prayed first because when I prayed first, now the Holy Ghost is sitting in me and now I can't respond the way that I want to respond. I can't walk into a room, change the whole climate of the room just because I'm angry and I'm upset and I'm bothered. What's your motive? Is your motive to make the ministry better? Or is your motive just to be right? Excuse me. Is your motive to make the ministry better or is your motive to be in control? Because some of us just want to be in control all the time. That's all we want to be is in control. So they didn't act the way you wanted them to act. So now you got to come in and control and manipulate the, the whole environment to get them to do what you want them to do. If you would have just took the trash out, I wouldn't have to fuss like this. Honey, if it bothered you that bad. Y'all don't like that right there. Y'all don't like that right there. If something upsets you that bad, is your motive to help or to hurt? because your motive will show you how the conversation is supposed to go. And number three, and I'm done, you gotta have a conversation with the other person. Here we go. Let the conversation be so loving that the person knows you are for them and not against them. I should frame it in such a way that you walk away feeling I was for you and not against you. And even though we talked about something you didn't like, and I said some stuff you didn't want to hear. You know that by the time I leave your presence, I really do care about you. I want you to be great. I want this relationship to be great. So I'll do it in love. I won't throw truth down your throat. Okay? I want to do this, and I'm, and I'm done. So how do, you, how do you put this in application? I'm going to do this real quick. If you don't get it, listen to the podcast. Watch this, because I was going to teach this, but I don't have time. Number one, whatever you're getting ready to say, write it down. Write it down. Mm -hmm. 
Emotions kick in, begin to talk emotionally and not truthfully. So you need to write it down. Before you had a conversation, write it down. Number two, let another person read it before you give it to them. That's why you need some people to read your email before you send it. Because everybody on your job think you're a witch because you don't know how to talk to people on your emails. Let somebody else read it before you send it. Mm-hmm. Number three, make honest judgments about being judgmental. Watch this. Sometimes Jesus says, don't judge unless you be judged. So we, we say we better not make a judgment. That's like saying don't use your brain. Watch this. But a few verses later, Jesus says, don't cast pearls of wisdom to the swine. So how do you know someone's a swine unless you make a judgment? He's not saying don't ever, ever make a wise judgment. You, don't, you make them every day about your work, about your finance, about your problems, about, about, about people. But do it in a way without being judgmental. Take the judgment out of what you're getting ready to say. Let me put it like this. Don't use all, always, every, every time you do this. You always do it. Stop. That's a judgment. They don't always do that. They don't do that every single time. They, you just caught it the two times that they did it. Mm-hmm. Number four, dis discern if a person is a swine or not. Some people are dishonest, uh, are so dishonest that even if you did speak the truth to them, they will trample all over it. You gotta, dis you gotta discern, is this a swine or not? Am I gonna cast my pearls and ain't gonna go nowhere? Because sometimes, watch this, it takes years to discover if they're a swine or not. It's not something you know off the bat. You ain't that spiritually discerning. Mm -hmm. Number five, affirm the relationship, then speak truth. Affirm the relationship, then speak truth. The woman that called in the act of adultery, Jesus told her, I don't condemn you. He affirmed her, but then he told her the truth about herself. Sometimes you got to start a conversation with, you know I love you, right? You know I really care about you. I'm speaking this in love. Mm -hmm. Everybody say maturity. maturity. I know this is hard for some of y'all. This is going down rough. Number six, make sure it's the right time and the right place. Go ahead and conversation. Make sure it's the right time and the right place. Don't be calling somebody out in front of other people. You're going to get nothing but resistance. Pull them to the side. Don't wait till she come right in the door and you want to go in on her. Wait till she done settle herself. Mm-hmm. Number seven, choose your words carefully. Exaggerations are not helpful. Mm-hmm. Choose your words carefully. So what am I saying? People of God, if you're going to stand the rain, you got to make sure, number one, they are friends. But number two, you got to make sure you have courageous conversations. You got to make sure that you can have the conversations that even in the rain, we might not like it, but we still going to talk about it. I'm not going to go silent, and I'm not going to go violent. I'm going to speak the truth in love. I'm going to allow the Lord to temper me so that I can say what I need to say and that you don't feel attacked while I'm saying it. But you understand it comes from a place of love. Did anybody receive the word on today? Yeah. Everybody standing.
I want you to stand and I need you to bow your heads and I don't need to do an altar call because what I'm getting ready to do an altar call for, everybody in here needs help. Lord, help us with our mouths. My prayer is the Lord take the venom out of our words. Take the sting out of how we feel. I need everybody here to lift your hands. I want you to sing a line of this song. Lord, if I... Lift your voice and say, Lord, please. Lord, please. Hear my heart's cry. Hear my heart's cry. I'm desperately. I'm desperately waiting. To be where you are. To be where you are. I'll cross the hottest desert. Cross the hottest desert. I'll travel near or far. Travel near or far. Come on, say for your glory. For your glory. Come on, I need somebody to lift your hands and say, I will. I will do anything. Just to see you. Just to see you. To behold you. To behold you as my Come on, one more time. For your glory. I will do anything. I will do anything. Just to see you. Just to see you. To behold you as my king. To behold you as my king. So, Father, we pray right now. God, we thank you for the power of your word that challenged us and convicted us. As our hands are lifted before you, God, we receive your presence now. God, every time that we want to walk in our flesh, sit on us. Every time we want our mouths to speak, but our spirit has not right. God, work on us, creating us a clean heart and renewing us a right spirit. Purge the words that come out of our mouths, God. We pray for at a level of maturity, God to realize that we could be infecting and affecting people by what comes out of our mouths. So God, we consecrate even our words now before you. Let them be words that please you. Let them be words that give you the glory. Let them be words that, that, that they see that we have God living on the inside of us. And we thank you now, God. God, I pray that you purge every person that is not a real friend out of our lives. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you send the right people that will love us unconditionally, that will support us even in the rain. God, we pray right now that you send the right people around us. God, take the blinders off our eyes. Let us see the relationships that are dysfunctional, that don't please you. And God, give us the power and the strength that if we got to stand by ourselves for a season, we know that you're going to send the right person our way. We thank you now, God. And we bless you now, God. And we give you the glory. 
In Jesus' great name we pray. Give God a shout of praise for his word. Come on. Come on, give God a shout of praise for his word. Hallelujah. Last time, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't know Jesus for yourself, if you are unsure of your salvation, if you've never confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, my brother, my sister, I come to introduce you to a man that can change your life and make you brand new. He will do, Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to you. Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to you, but you have to surrender your heart to the Lord. You got to give him your all. And if I'm talking to you, I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift up your hand saying, Pastor, it's me. I want to surrender my heart to the Lord on today. I'm ready to give him my all. Secondly, if you're looking for a church home, there's no greater place than right here at Freedom, a place you can grow and mature in God, a place that we're outside of the box, but we're always in the book. And there's a place here that God has for you. We got room just for you. God is calling you to be planted in the house of God. If it's for any of those reasons, if it's to give your heart to the Lord or it's to join this church, I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift your hand saying, Pastor, it's me. I'm ready to surrender. Come on. One, God is calling you, my brother. He's calling you, my sister. Two, it's your time. It's your season. Come on. If I'm talking to you, lift up your hand. One, two, and three. Come on. Lift up your hand if I'm talking to you. Come on. Lift up your hand if I'm talking to you. Don't leave here the same way that you came. Hallelujah. Come on, don't leave here the same way that you came. God is tugging on your heart. He's pulling on your spirit now. This is your time. This is your season. God is calling you. Don't leave here the same way that you came. Hallelujah. 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 All right, all heads up, eyes open. Come on, let's give God glory for his word on today. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. At this time, at this time, we're getting ready to give. At this time, we're getting ready to give. Go ahead and secure your.